Hi, and welcome again to Knowing God with Heart and Mind, the weekly virtual church classroom study group that meets here in the world of the internet. I say weekly, but that's uh, not always the case. Sometimes we go a couple of weeks between episodes. Anyway, welcome you just the same, and uh, thank you for being a part of this virtual church Bible study. Uh, it's been going on for a few years now, and uh, there is uh, always change and growth, and we're about to change again. We are in episode 37 of the Revelation Bible study, and we're on the last chapter of Revelation. So if we finish in this episode, and I think we probably will, then we're going to be moving on to another study. And uh, I'll say more about that at the end of the episode, but we do have a plan and uh, it's going to be a little bit more uh, complicated than than what we've been doing up to this point. We're going to try to engage you with some video and uh, and then have some conversation here in the virtual classroom. So we're going to see how all this goes. I hope it works out. But anyway, we are on the cusp of our last visit to the Book of Revelation for this study. And uh, as always, we should begin with worship. So let's do that now. Our psalm reading today is Psalm 38, a psalm of David, a petition. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. For your arrows have pierced me, and your hand has come down upon me. Because of your wrath there is no health in my body, my bones have no soundness because of my sin. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and are loathsome because of my sinful folly. I am bowed down and brought very low. All day long I go about morning. My back is filled with searing pain. There is no health in my body. I am feeble and utterly crushed. I groan in anguish of heart. All my longings lie open before you. O Lord, my sighing is not hidden from you. My heart pounds. My strength fails me. Even the light has gone from my eyes. My friends and companions avoid me because of my wounds. My neighbors stay far away. Those who seek my life set their traps. Those who would harm me talk of my ruin. All day long they plot deception. I am like a deaf man who cannot hear, like a mute who cannot open his mouth. I have become like a man who does not hear, whose mouth can offer no reply. I wait for you, O Lord. You will answer, O Lord my God. For I said, Do not let them gloat or exalt themselves over me when my foot slips. For I am about to fall, and my pain is ever with me. I confess my iniquity. I am troubled by my sin. Many are those who are my vigorous enemies. Those who hate me without reason are numerous. Those who repay my good with evil slander me, and then I pursue what is good. O Lord, do not forsake me. Do not be far from me, O my God. 
Come quickly to help me, O Lord, my Savior. that we just read and as we think about it it doesn't even align with our reading of the book of revelations final chapter because we read about the victory you have in this final chapter and and your invitation to all of us to come and i suppose if we try to tie it together lord what we see is that this is this is david at a very low point calling out to you crying for your help in the depths of his despair feeling surrounded by his enemies and overwhelmed with every care and yet as we will read in this final chapter of revelation you say come come to me the, what the way is open to you the wicked will continue to be wicked and evil will continue to do what evil does but you you are holy now because of me so come to me that that's what i hear lord in your invitation from Revelation chapter 22. And so, Lord, for everyone who's listened to this at times of despair in their lives, for everyone who's listened to this at times when things were very difficult, even I, in my difficulties at times, Lord, take comfort in knowing that we can tell you all about it. We can tell you how miserable we feel. We can tell you about what's troubling us. We can tell you in vivid terms just as David has in this psalm and you will hear with compassion and mercy and grace and you will lift us up and take us to where we need to be spiritually and emotionally and then when necessary you will intervene in our lives and we will see your divine hand what more could we ask Lord and so we thank you and we praise you. We thank you for this Bible study, this chance to visit this book of Revelation together for all these months. And we pray that your voice was the loudest voice heard and that you are glorified through the spreading of this good news. In your name we pray, amen. On treachery Like the deaf I do not hear Like the mute Who cannot speak Well, Bethany, this is episode 37 and it's being recorded on the last day of January in 2019. Seems sort of fitting in a way. And, uh, I think we're going to wrap this Bible study of Revelation up today. <clears throat> and I apparently picked up whatever you <laughs> have been suffering with. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm sorry. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, let's, uh, let's just go ahead and take a look here. And why don't you 
start by reading some of the we're down to the last chapter chapter 22 mm -hmm. and uh, why don't you go ahead and, and read some of that okay then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of god and of the lamb down the middle of the great street of the city on each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations no longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. And they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. The angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God of the spirits and of the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the thing that must soon take place. All right, so that's <coughs> verses 1 to 6, and, um, you know, what a beautiful picture that is. That's basically, at the end, it, it's hard to, to remember because we've been on this so long, but, the, you know, that we, we've witnessed the destruction of the world, um, and we've witnessed the downfall of evil, we've, we've, we've witnessed unbelievable things and now at the end of it all it, it really is like the calm after a storm mm -hmm. um, you know it it just makes me think of, of and many times in my life there have been these long stormy nights where the lightning flashed and the wind blew and trees fell and creeks flooded and and then the next morning the sun came up and the birds were singing and you know it was all over it just <clears throat> kind of a nightmare almost so that's kind of the picture i have here and mm -hmm. you know it, it's it's peaceful i would think it would also be a really comforting image just for john on his own yeah because he's gonna end up back on his special island without lots of wonderful life yeah yeah really so it'd be reassuring to him like you know eventually i'm gonna be in a nicer place yeah yeah and and in uh, <clears throat> in my in in our bibles there are words of jesus that are highlighted mm -hmm. in red ink verse 7 says and behold i'm coming soon blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book I wonder what he means by that, you know. Uh, well, and we saw this at the beginning of the book, too. Like, blessed are those who read it. Yeah. And now at the end of the book, it's saying, blessed are those who keep <clears throat> the words of this book. Yeah. So. And, you know, since we started this series, there have been a number of people who have told me that they either never read the book of Revelation, or they say they've read it, but they really didn't get it. Mm -hmm. And... Um, they've complimented us on just kind of extracting meaning from what we were reading. Now, I don't think we did anything really extraordinary because I've heard really great scholars, you know, tear into it and do some things that, that we didn't do. Mm -hmm. But what we did was we read it, we took it seriously, mm -hmm. and... 
I, I think that that's, you know, that was the blessing and it, it, it just that reading it is keeping it. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything to be taken away from this, it's that you need to read it. Yeah. And, you know, don't just focus on the readings that you like, mm-hmm. you know, don't just read the parts of the Bible you like, read the whole Bible. And if you're only getting it from church well, I, I'm here to tell you that I've been a professional church person for over 20 years, and I haven't ever managed to give people enough scripture at church that they didn't need to do it on their own, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the blessing, you know, is in the reading of it. And, and uh, <clears throat> you know, I just think that, that that's you know, a really basic truth that's being stated here. Um, and then you said, you know, imagine John, after all this is over, this is the first time, I think, since the first chapter that he identifies himself. Mm-hmm. And so he opens with telling you who he is, and then he closes with telling you who he is. So what's he say here in verse 8 and on? He says, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers, the prophets, and all who keep the word of this book. Worship God. Then he told me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book because the time is near. Let him who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let him who is vile continue to be vile. And let him who does right continue to do right. And let him who is holy continue to be holy. Hmm. You know, I mentioned that in the worship time as I was praying um, through the psalm. And and I just said, you know, I hear Jesus saying, look, um, there will always be unholy and ungodly people in this present age. You know, that, that just like he said to Judas and the disciples that one time, you know, there will always be the poor. And... I, I think he's just stating a fact that nobody wants to accept, but we live in a fallen world, and some people are never going to get it. That's exactly why this judgment has just happened. And there have been some who have been cast into hell, and they lake a fire because they, they didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And, and they could look right into God's eye and still deny him, and so they end up suffering the consequences. And... So Jesus is saying to John, you know, you're back on your island and you're going to finish your life in this fallen world. And and here's the deal. There's going to be ugliness. There's going to be bad people. There are going to be things. But there's also going to be holy people. And at at the risk of waxing Wesley in here, you know, we're holy people. We're not holy in and of ourselves, but we're holy because Jesus makes us holy. And so our holiness in the sight of God is purely because of Jesus. It, it's like he, you know, dressed us up in his clothes, so to speak, so that every time God looks at us, he sees holiness, you know, that, that's the idea. And, and um, so he's saying, you know, there will be holy people, but there will also be some really rotten ones, and, and that's just how it is for now. But everything you've witnessed, John, is proof that one day, Everything's going to get reconciled, you know. Um, I don't know if people do it very much anymore, to be honest with you, since all their banking's done online. But, you know, 
used to be you got your bank statement in the mail and then you reconciled it against your checkbook's register. You, you determined whether or not what the bank said you had done with your money agreed with what you wrote in your checkbook. And, and that's a reconciliation. And, and so, you know, it was kind of a uh, uh, similar statement I think Jesus is making here is it's all going to get reconciled. So accept what you have to, but keep, keep on keeping on, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and then he <clears throat> says in verse 12 to John, Jesus says to John, Behold, I'm coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. What a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. Wow. Okay, I have <clears throat> beef. Do it. I know we're taking things literally, but I am offended if Jesus is saying that dogs are as bad as sexually immoral people because dogs are pure and wonderful. Well, I hate to say it, but in that society, dogs were the scavengers. They were the ones who <clears throat> you know, licked everything up and well, you know, I'm just saying um, you know, our generation has, our present age has elevated dogs to a almost equal to human status but, you know, the fact is, is dogs were and are in some parts of the world just just these somewhat domestic scavengers who just clean up a lot of messes that get left in the streets and alleyways and so forth so i'm sorry hmm. i'm sure that he met nice dogs that he liked they're in the know, city but but i'm just saying as a rule because <clears throat> I, I i need dogs in heaven somehow i thought you were going to focus on verse 16 that says you know jesus said i sent my angel to testify you to you know um that's pretty powerful stuff because it is you know, i just you know <clears throat> because because basically if John had any doubts about this Jesus himself says John you know me mm-hmm. you know um, I sent this guy you can take it to the bank what he told you is true and then and then he says you know I'm the root and the descendant of David the bright morning star that's an odd statement I'm not quite sure what to make of that um, but it does at least, validate something that is worth remembering at this moment it was Gabriel who told Mary that her son would eventually sit on the throne of David and Jesus just said at the last chapter of the last book of the Bible here I am mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean you know it if if it doesn't, if, if we don't really understand this statement in any other way, we can at least appreciate the fact that there's continuity throughout Scripture. 
continuity that cannot be denied. Um, it's kind of remarkable because David was told, say, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus' arrival, that he would always have a descendant on the throne. Mm -hmm. Mary was told her son was going to be that guy. And then John was told by Jesus, I am that guy. And it is, at the end of time, exactly the role I'm fulfilling. Well, and how many people, oh, no human, can say that they're the ancestor and descendant of someone. Yeah. And that's what he just said. So yeah. That's pretty cool. Which, of course, makes his I am the Alpha and Omega statement mm -hmm. pretty cool. I love this verse 17. I've used it on retreats many, many times when I finish the presentations on the Holy Spirit. I will say to people before they come to the communion table and many times for the first time in their life make a real profession of faith in Christ, the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty, Come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. I mean, it's an invitation. And it's the Holy Spirit and it's the Bride with a capital B. Guess who that is? The bride left the scene back mm -hmm. at the beginning of the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. And now at the end of the book of Revelation, it's, it's as though you could just sort of picture all the, you could see, I don't know, I pictured Jesus standing there in front of John. And he's surrounded by angels and saints, that is, the bride. And... There are more than you can even count, and, and, and they just sort of disappear into the distance. There's such a multitude, and there's this glorious, bright light and glow that is the Holy Spirit, and Jesus standing there with his arms outstretched saying, the Spirit and the Bride say, come. What an invitation. Mm. What an invitation. And then he says in verse 18, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life in, in the holy city, which are described in this book. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's quite a warning. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. I, I was, you know, uh, talking in our last episode about certain things that were about morality. And I had at least one friend who said, you know, why are you so afraid to talk about morality? You know, and I said, I'm not afraid to talk about morality. What I'm trying not to do is use language that closes people's minds to the heart of the message. And so I'm, I get a little concerned whenever I hear myself saying what I think without thinking before I say what I want to say. In other words, you know, you should think before you speak. It's mm -hmm. something our parents told us when we were little. And, and I was only concerned last time because I was just kind of opinionating myself. And there's nothing wrong with the fact that I believe in biblical morality because I do. But what I don't want people to hear is some sort of 
gross condemnation from me as though I have the authority to condemn them. Yeah. One thing that's very evident in this book of Revelation is, is there's only one judge, and it ain't me. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to be in this judgment place. I don't want to be the person casting judgment down on people. But that being said, if there's one thing that really chaps my bottom, it is related to this verse that I just read where God says, if you mess with the book, there are consequences. Now, I know John wrote this in the context of what he was writing down for um, the prophecy, you know, the revelation prophecy and all that. But but I'm going to speak in very general terms and just say that that the thing that troubles me the most are the people who say, well, the Bible doesn't really mean that. And, and it's amazing how some intellectual but strong-minded people who want to do their own thing can very intelligently disassemble the book in a way that they think adequately discredits it and then reconstruct it in a way that says, oh, Jesus didn't care about that, you know. And, and you know, I think that... Um, I think that if we had never gotten the whole Bible, but only gotten the words of Jesus, just the red ink, it would have been easy to figure out what we were supposed to do and what we were not supposed to do. And by the way, the same scholars that I've talked about have said that, you know, the Bible, the New Testament probably started with a collection of Jesus' sayings that have sometimes been referred to as Q. This book is just called Q. And the book of Q, which they don't call it that, but Q. Q, is, Q is just a scroll with the sayings of Jesus on it. But, but at the end of the day, my point is, is that if you only read the red ink in your Bible, you would leave yourself with nothing but understandable, clear statements about how to live our lives and what God expects of us. Mm-hmm. And, and it goes all the way down to, you know, how we spend our money. And it goes all the way up to how we enter into a saving relationship with God, a kind of relationship where God is allowed, allowing us to be in his presence. And, and <clears throat> Jesus covers it all. And so all the other stuff is, is, you know, of great value. But I'm just saying, you know, you... If you want to take away or add to this Bible, you do it at your own peril. And if you take issue with it, you must be very careful what you're doing, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And most people who know me would know that I'm not a Bible thumping, God said it, that's it, you know, because, but I just think that, that, what we're supposed to do with the Bible is we're supposed to hear and understand the heart and mind of God. Yeah. And we can take issue with various versions of scripture. You know, right now there's some person in France who's reading his new Testament in French. And there's some person in, in uh, Asia who's reading her new Testament in her language. And so it's been translated into their languages and their vernacular you know, it's been translated, translated, and translated, but if we will get together in the Spirit, Holy Spirit, that is, 
and talk about the heart and mind of God, we'll be on the same page. We'll be saying the same kinds of things. And if you've lived in this Christian community long enough and you've traveled a little bit, you recognize that immediately. You realize that 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 the the heart and mind of God part of the Bible is transcendent. It comes across in every language through every age. It really is the word of the Alpha and the Omega. And so don't mess with it, mm-hmm. you know? And it goes back to that story that you love to hear me tell, and you've told it, you know, too, in that, that about the old King Henry Bible, you know, King Henry the Eighth Bible, you know, you, it's a collector's item because God didn't like that. Because he messed with the Bible. <clears throat> and the funny thing is, is I don't think his life worked out really well, from what I can tell. It wasn't super splendid. So. Finally, we get to verse 20, and it says, He who testifies to these things things, says, Surely I am coming soon. I I butchered that. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. The last words of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it's, I am coming soon. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm coming. I know it's not the literal last words, but it's like, well, and it, and it says he's coming soon and it's coming in the grace of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. So what a remarkable study we've had. Um, we've covered a lot of ground together mm-hmm. on this book and, and, uh, it's been really quite an adventure. Um, you know, I'm just wondering if there's anything that from this 37 weeks that still stands out in your memory that was a particularly profound moment or, you know, any big discovery that you're still kicking around or anything like that? Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm a history nerd, so like learning the history of the cities and the churches and, and finding out like how much the history of those cities coincided exactly with the letters that Jesus was sending to the churches. Yeah. That that was cool to me because I just, I like when other disciplines that I am fond of just end up proving the Bible right. Yeah. yeah. And finding out the history of those cities definitely, to me, proved exactly, you know, yeah. it, it, it showed. So that was cool. Yeah, that was. It was pretty cool. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because um, we got a lot of feedback on, on that part. And we've spent a lot of time on it, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and the other thing, though, is I can tell you that most scholars of the book of Revelation are adamant that those are the most important parts of the whole book. Hmm. And, you know, it makes me, it makes me think of... of that whole Left Behind series, we've, we've mentioned it a time or two. It was pretty profound the way that it just took off in this country and around the Western world. And, and, and yet it's a book about things that hopefully we're never going to witness and right. have, have nothing to do with. And I think that's the whole point is, is listen to Jesus's words to the churches. Yeah. Cause it's so layered. And I think that's and super that, fantastic. Because that's for us. Yeah. That's for the here and now. If, if you've enjoyed this Revelation Bible study, then 
what I recommend now, especially if you've been taking it at this 37-week pace, which has really been about a year, is go ahead and go back and read the first three or four chapters again. Mm-hmm. Because all of that nasty stuff that happens after Jesus' letters to the churches is stuff that you don't want to witness. Um, I know that I'm setting myself up for criticism, but I'm willing to say that I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture of the church. And this is what I have come to believe. And so I'm betting that before all that ugly, nasty stuff happens, we're going to be partying. I mean, I'm hoping. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, if ever there was something you wanted to be true. <laughs> and, and, you know, does that mean Christians aren't going to suffer? No, not at all. We, we can all be martyred. We can all suffer for our faith. And that can happen at any time. But what I'm saying is, is we're not going to suffer the tribulation and the great tribulation. That's what I've come to believe. Mm-hmm. And um, so what part of the book of Revelation should I be the most focused on? Well, probably Jesus' scorecard for Christianity. Mm-hmm. His letters to the seven churches are both literal and figurative, and they speak of what was, what is, and what will be. Mm-hmm. And that means that he's talking to me about my church, and he's talking to me about my faith yeah. and my journey with him. So that's the most important takeaway from the book of Revelation, in my opinion. Um, that and just understanding that God's got a plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that things aren't always going to be as messed up as they are. And I think the other thing that really is important about reading Revelation is, is and I think I've, I've had some of the folks who are church members who, you know, have talked to us after church on Sunday and stuff about the podcast. And, and I think what they've realized is something that I've been saying for a long time, which is that reading the book of Revelation makes a lot of other parts of the Bible make more sense. Right. That there are things about the rest of the Bible that don't make sense in the same way they do after you've really looked at the book of Revelation because now you kind of understand who Satan is and how he operates and how God feels about him and you you begin to understand more about heaven and about you know God's place in our space time and I mean it gives you a way of interpreting reality or the perception of reality that we have and and it makes so it makes it easier to go back you know i i uh, i had this friend who had said to me you know gosh i i you know find it hard to track with when with you when you're talking about you know the star of david being a hole in space time that you know is revealing a little bit of heaven you know whatever and and it's like you know i get that mm-hmm. um god bless those who have uh come to faith early in life and are so past trying to make sense out of it that they just live in perfect faith or as if there's such a thing but live in in blessed faith you know and and unfortunately god seems to have called me into a world full of people who are really finding it all hard to believe and i'm trying to give them a basis for believing it not the science the you know not not in a way that science or or anything else proves it because the only thing that's going to prove to your heart that you need to be saved is the Holy Spirit. You know, that that when it's all said and done, 
I'm hoping that I can open your mind enough that you can be blindsided by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. so to speak. You know, I'm trying to take your defenses down so that you can start to give some consideration to these things. But when it's all said and done, your faith won't be informed by reason. It'll be reason that's informed by faith that really turns into this authentic relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. And so it's really important that you listen to these kinds of discussions, realizing that what we're trying to do is appeal to people's reason, to their thinking, in a way that makes their reason a little more subjugated by the Holy Spirit. That, that's the idea. Um, it's tough. Got anything else? Well, today on the Facebook group, I announced the new Bible study. And I want to try something really radical. I don't know what the new Bible study is. Well, you must not have been on Facebook. Yeah, thanks a lot, co-host, for uh, filling me in. Well, (laughs) I am the pastor and the old man, and so sometimes I just make executive decisions. Okay. And I think it's a little bit of you know, spirit guide, you know, spirit guidance, but this could be a complete disaster, but (laughs) I'm going to try something here. We have through Shiloh United Methodist, we have this terrific resource called right now media. And so with this podcast, I'm going to post, um, the link to join right now media for free through Shiloh's account. So anybody who's listening to this can look at Right Now Media in um, in, in their own time and at their own convenience. And there's a study by Francis Chan called Doctrine. And there are about, uh, let me see here. Um, yeah, there are five uh, episodes of it and they're on just basic doctrine. And what I thought we'd try is making this a little more like a Bible study, but virtually. So I'm going to invite everybody to watch episode one at your convenience. So, you, so what you're going to do is you're going to click the link to the, in the podcast, and you're going to go to Right Now Media, and you're going to go to the Shiloh United Methodist link on the left side of the page and then you're going to go to Shiloh Favorites and you'll see the the Francis Chan Doctrine Bible Study and then all you have to do is click on episode one and watch it Mm -hmm. and then Bethany and I will watch it and then we'll listen uh, or watch it and then we'll we'll do the homework with you and we'll lead a discussion about it in our podcast and then you can respond on the Facebook group. So I'm going to take a gamble here and try to make this a lot more interactive than it's ever been. Okay. And it might even mean that there are, might be two weeks between episodes because I want to give people time to watch it mm-hmm. and time to respond. Um, but the truth is, Bethany, you and I are going to have to watch the episodes and then figure out how we're going to present this. Mm-hmm. But I, I have the leader's guide and everything. And, you know, uh, Shiloh people will be shocked to know that I'm actually going to use a packaged Bible study because <laughs> I usually just open the Bible. 
Um, I don't think we're going to do this indefinitely, but what I want to accomplish with doing these five episodes this way is I want to conduct an experiment for my own sake with a virtual Bible study. And that's the real point that I'm, I'm getting at here is I'm going to use our venue of this podcast to see if there's a way to do Bible study with people at different times in different places, Mm -hmm. you know, pretty much in every way except sitting in a classroom together in front of a TV. So I'm going to try to see if there's, if we can pull this off, if we can, if we can send you to right now media, have you watch the video, then listen to the podcast discussion and then communicate with us through the Facebook page. And you know, on that Facebook page, you can also post videos. You can sit in front of your camera on your phone or your computer and you can just post a video chat to us. And so I'm, I'm hoping that we're doing something that is just almost the same as real time, but on your time. And like I said, it could be a total bust and then I'm going to realize that it just isn't possible. But how are we going to know if we don't try? It'll be for funsies. And, you know, another possibility that I have considered is that we might simulcast like we might actually do a, a, a sort of Facebook live or something and record it so you and I are on our mics we're doing our thing and anybody who can join us is on and so we're having sort of an interactive study so like video yeah they'll see my hand gestures that way well that's true but I'm thinking you know if it's on your coffee break or whatever and and you know I, I don't know but, you know, this is just my, my attempt at learning how to do something we all need to do in a new way. Because I want us to keep studying together. Now, if you're one of those people that likes to go for your walk, and you know who you are, and listen to this while you go for your walk, then obviously that's going to be a little weird. But here's what I'm thinking. Watch the Francis Chan video while you're putting your socks and shoes on and go for your walk, listen to our conversation about it, and then come back and cool down in front of your computer writing us comments. So we'll see how it works. Okay. But uh, that's it. We've done it. We've finished the Revelation Bible study. Huzzah. Thank you all for listening. Remember that we're part of Shiloh United Methodist Church, where I have the privilege of being the pastor And if you want to learn more about Shiloh, just go to shilohum.org. That's S-H-I-L-O-H-U-M dot org. And uh, that's a good starting point for you. And if you happen to be in southwest Indiana in the Jasper area, well, come see us on a Sunday morning. We'd be glad to meet you face to face. We hope you've been blessed by this Bible study. And uh, Because I know she's listening. Happy belated birthday, Grandma. (laughs) Grandma's birthday was yesterday, and I know she's listening to this. Happy birthday, Mom. (laughs) I love you. Yeah, we love you. And uh, that's all for now, folks. God bless you, and goodbye. (laughs) 